0: Hello and welcome to Propnex, the property podcast about all things related to the future of real estate. I'm delighted that you've joined me today. My name is Gavin Morgan, your host. If you'd like to know a little bit more about me, please check out www.propnex.com. That's Or drop me a line if you'd like to chat privately on Gavin R Morgan at propnex.com. That's G A V I N R M O R G A N at propnext.com. Bob Kuboto, and welcome to the Propnext podcast and thank you very much for joining us this morning.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to a lively discussion.
0: Aye, indeed, indeed. And, and Bob, just to that end, maybe if you don't mind, could you kind of take us just a little bit of an introduction about yourself, your career and business before we crack onto the, the topic for today, please?
1: Well, um, for better or worse, I uh, have an accounting degree from the uh, prestigious Accounting Institute of the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana. I'm originally from Chicago and still live in Chicago. Um, I started my career with Arthur Anderson in auditing and consulting for primarily real estate businesses. I'm a CPA. Uh, I'm a licensed uh, real estate broker in the state of uh, uh, Illinois. Um, I have my series 7 and 63, but Spent seven years with Arthur Anderson in auditing and real estate consulting. Then I moved on to Lynch Realty, um, uh, based out of Chicago and New York, which was real estate investment banking, and included a lot of mortgage work for about nine years. And then after that, I was uh, the chief financial officer of a very, very large family office with a lot of real estate in Chicago for five years. Um, After that, I started um, an executive recruiting firm in Chicago, 2024 side Executive Search, in 1996, 97, uh, which has grown to be the largest retained real estate recruiter in the United States. Uh, We have uh, 11 offices. Um, Right now, we're running at around 55 people. And um, I do not um, operate the firm. Um, I have a chief operating officer that does that. Um, I still recruit. I still executive coach individually. Um, I still do what's called executive marketing and job placement. So, Uh, My career um, is steeped in real estate um, and from accounting, finance, investment banking, being a CFO and being a recruiter and executive career coach.
0: Bob, that is incredibly interesting. I mean, I've known you for a good, I've enjoyed uh, getting to know you over a good seven or eight months now, but I had no idea you had a background with that dynamic. I mean, a congratulations on that and it's so impressive. Um, and the, a little extra question for me then before we kick into the topic. So why did you choose the slot that you're focusing on now?
1: It's, you know, the metamorphosis of my career has been with large institutional companies, including the family office uh, environment, which was rather institutional. I wanted to start my own firm for a number of reasons. Um, I, I wanted independence, um, I wanted flexibility, and I wanted to do something that I was good at and leverage that um, talent into coaching and executive search and evaluation of executives from my clients into uh, my own business where I had a lot more control, um, both of my professional life and my personal life. And I, I can't say that um, starting in uh, executive search was my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say I started in executive search and uh, executive coaching because I was good at it. Yeah. And then after about five years, it became my passion for a couple of reasons. Um, I was helping people. Um, it uh fulfilled my need to help people and um it was lucrative so you know when i think of when people say i want to do what in their careers what i'm passionate about i tell them i think what you want to do in your career is what you're good at first and then you can be passionate about it as you perfect your skills and become more successful in that career. So I'm not a proponent of, and I tell young people this, I want to do what I'm passionate about. Well, you may not know what you're passionate about at your age, but I know one thing, do something you're good at, and it may take time for you to find that, what you're good at, and then you become passionate about it because you're good at it. So anyway
0: particularly big corporations in real estate, uh, they occasionally onboard new, new leadership and that often brings big new strategic decisions or new strategic direction that tend to take those organizations off on a fundamentally course changing path behind the strategy of that individual or that group of individuals. In my experience, One thing that I've seen is these organizations making these big bets, but then they retool the existing team internally, which isn't skilled or experienced in the right way to take the firm properly down the path to deliver on those bets. How are you seeing the people side of the industry reacting to that? Um, Are you? Do you think it's reacting quickly enough Do you think we'll see a lot of change in the future against that space?
1: Well, what I see in the talent market now, and particularly while the real estate market, both the market itself and the real estate market talent market is starting to cool off a little bit, is we have a number of clients where we're looking for asset managers, CFOs, COOs, And we have a couple of CEO searches that the main theme seems to be strategy. And um, to sharpen one's strategy skills, they have to know their particular silo, whether it be asset management, whether it be CFO, whether it be just straight financing or operations not only do they have to have the skills to do their job, but they have to have the strategic knowledge of knowing the marketplace and knowing how that affects their particular silo and other silos. Where I see people where um, they're uh, being considered for a very C-level position in an organization – where a lot of them forget about staying up-to-date about what's really happening in the marketplace and why. So um, the keys are, is can you do the job? Can you asset manage? Can you do operation? But do you know enough about the entire market, your competitors and the company's strategy Um, to give um, advice on what the company should do next or if they should pivot off a strategy or pivot to a strategy. So I view, you know, a person as having, you know, like three um, different uh, skill sets. Number one, the skill set to do the job. Number two, the strategic thinking of what's going on in the overall market and how that applies to the company they're working for. And number three is having the cultural fit with the company, which is of critical importance to fit into the personality of the company. Um, what do I mean by the personality of the company? Typically, the CEO uh, sets the personality of a company and whether it's a strong CEO or a weak CEO the company sooner or later reflects the personality of that CEO of the leader and i tell our candidates when they're vying for a job that we have is does your personality do your thoughts more or less agree with the CEO's thoughts. Not that you're 100% lockstep strategically or personality-wise with the CEO, but they have to be close to what they are. So, you know, when I look at executive hiring right now, it's those three pillars that really make the decision but I see, you know, in the last six months to a year, a lot of people are looking for. I know they can be a CFO, but can they help me strategically to make sure we're going down the right path?
0: Are you seeing any evidence in real estate organizations that they're thinking more broadly in terms of skill set uh, as they put together their C suite or their board or their management structure to? give them a better ability to uh, ensure that sustainability technology, et cetera, are properly interwoven in amongst strategies moving forward to help them succeed.
1: Well, I I look at sustainability and diversity as, uh, you know, it's a cliche as a paradigm shift in our industry in that, um, Real estate people are slowly moving to sustainability issues um, in um, in our environment, uh, obviously, and also in diversity. Um, the movement is slow. Now, for the major institutional clients that we have, that shift is very quick. And in our privately held companies, um, the shift is slower, but now is gaining a lot of traction. So uh, regarding uh, sustainability is, um, you know, five years ago, we heard about it with our larger institutional public companies. And it was unheard of with smaller the meat uh, to midsize to larger private company and all of this you know sustainability is a slow cultural shift to that that um, has gotten a lot of traction you know since covid hit uh, since the market has improved but now it's slowed down a little bit so um well, you know the sustainability issue is i i know that private companies have lagged in moving towards that but i see a lot of momentum in that area with private companies uh publicly held companies it started 5 years ago and they have yeah. quickly moved to that
0: yeah i mean the other big trend bob that uh, I think r- really impacts people is the, the hybrid workplace. Lots of debate over the last couple of years on this. Um, I think organizations and leadership and organizations concerned about lack of people in the workplace. I mean, the um, wanting people to bond and get to know one another and form teams and leverage, leverage those relationships to the good of the firm. Uh, And then more recently, a lot of leadership and organizations talking about leverage coming back to the employer in terms of being able to attract people back to the workplace. Now, I don't think that that type of language will last long because the war for talent, I mean, yes, things are a little lighter at the moment, but attracting and retaining the best talent has always got to be a priority for an organization that wants to grow and move forward. And my view, particularly in a country like the United States, with the way people live here, hybrid is going to be the way that people will want to work moving forward. Not five days at home, in my view, but probably more something like maybe Monday, Friday at home, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the office, something like that. Are you seeing organizations that you're working with being thoughtful about that and trying to project themselves thoughtfully to employees in that way yet, or do you disagree with my thinking or do you think this will come down the track or where do you think we're at with that at the moment?
1: Well, I think real estate um, industry has been slow to move uh, and, and in many cases reluctant to go, will not go fully hybrid. Now, what we see is, and what's going on regarding the hybrid uh, model, is this. At the C-suite for uh, senior executive, what we see is four to five days a week for the C-suite, and with, uh, with really it being five days a week, um, although um, companies – our um, private sector companies and even public sector companies uh, will go with four and five days a week during crunch periods. Now, for mid-level executives, um, it, it really varies. Um, we've done statistically a report where 60% of mid-level are four to five days a week in real estate. Um, the, uh, the other 40% are three day a week. I've read three, three at home, two in the office, Monday, Friday schedule. Um, now for, uh, entry level or, or junior level is we see, you know, the three, uh, the three day a week in the office. Um, real estate, um, is, Um, can be a very collaborative and has to be a collaborative endeavor. And a lot of real estate executives think it just simply can't be done over video. Now, whether that they're talking about collaboration or when I read that uh, uh, a lot of large public companies and some privates say, I want my people, all my people in the office four to five days a week. It could be a mix of collaboration, but it also could be a mix of productivity. And this is somewhat of a sensitive subject in that I think some people are just geared towards they can get all their work done totally hybrid, totally uh, working out of their home office. And there are some people who need the structure to go into the office to make sure they're productive. So I think that'll evolve, but I I definitely think the hybrid model is here to stay. For mid-level executives to junior people at a firm, I do not see um, I see for uh, for senior executives, I don't see it going three days a week. I see a four or five day a week for senior executives. Um, and it'll shake out during the next two to three years for sure. But companies wanting all their people back in the office, it's a mix between collaboration and it's also productivity. Because companies see that, I don't think these certain employees are as productive as they once were when they were in the office.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Also, yeah,
1: yeah the, the final factor is, and I've heard this, to develop as a professional and to learn the skills, not only the skills in your job, but the cultural skills of a company can't be done remote. And I do agree with that. If someone is learning their trade in their 20s and um, mid-30s, remote um, is not as good as being in the office collaborating with your colleagues.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with all that. And and I also agree that... um, it's complicated for organisations and particularly particularly HR departments because the solutions, the right solution, is probably a little different for almost every individual, uh, depending on how you depending on how you motivate yourself. Um. So, Bob, that is. Um. I mean, that's been a really tremendously interesting conversation. Thank you on a on a bunch of different topics. But before we wrap up for today, I wanted to ask you if you had any big predictions or high-impact predictions that you'd like to make that you think we might see happen in the next three years?
1: Well, um, I think real estate um, will have, other than office, will have a soft landing. Um, uh, the, the market for real estate and the market for real estate talent Um, During, from, I want to say from May 2020, which was the middle of COVID, to um, probably of November 2022 was the hardest real estate market talent I've ever seen in my 25, 27 career, 27 year career in recruiting. Um, I, I, so, um, and there'll be a soft landing, I believe in real estate, except for office. Um, our, our, our business has decreased by 10%, but not dramatically. And I still see strength. Uh, surprising strength in certain asset classes, industrial, self-storage, healthcare, senior living, and multifamily is slowing up a little bit, but not a lot. Now, what I see three years from now is executives have to um, maintain their skills Also, their skills in software as a service. Now, what do I mean by that? Is um, whereas 10 years ago, we would not ask, well, what kinds of software are you familiar with? And we had executives say, well, I'm not familiar with that because um, I don't want to be in some cases. And in a lot of executive ranks now is are you familiar with Yardi, MRI, J.D. Edwards, um, a customer uh, relation management systems, Salesforce and the rest of them? Um, Are you uh, adept at other software so that you can do your job at a high level? Um, People who, you know, there was a trick question we used to ask executives years ago in an investment position or in, you know, or for a CFO, which was, you know, we've got all these projections on this, you know, portfolio analysis, but your analyst has been sick the last 10 days. But there's some errors in the spreadsheet. Can you go in and fix those errors so that you can still make that presentation to the board on Friday? And the executives who answered, no, I can't, were at a disadvantage. Now, that type of hypothetical question, if not answered in the affirmative, um, is... Um, could be a reason not to hire someone. So I view, you know, uh, skills in your particular silo, whether it be asset management, finance, CFO, COO, strategy, but culture, but also knowing the software that is associated with that particular silo and being able to leverage that, to make better decisions, to be better organized and to do your job better is of critical importance.
0: Well, I think the real estate soft landing projection, Bob, will be music to many people's ears, particularly <laughs> at this current time. And uh, I'm sure uh, I'm ho- ho- hopefully you'll be quoted on this uh, and applauded in, in two or three months after we get through what's happening right now. but. Look for now. I mean, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us on Propnext. This has been a really fantastic conversation. I'm sure everyone listening will enjoy this uh, and the various different things that we've talked about here. And um, uh, thank you again for your time.
1: Gavin, uh, I enjoyed myself, too. Uh, You have a great podcast and a platform here and keep it going.
0: Thank you very much. Um, Bob Kavoto. So that's a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank you very much for tuning in to listen today and hope to welcome you back to hear some of our future shows. As I mentioned earlier, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about me, look on www.propnex.com. That's P-R-O-P-N-X.com. Or drop me a line on Gavin R. Morgan at propnext.com. That's G-A-V-I-N-R-M-O-R-G-A-N at propnex.com. I hope to hear from you soon. And thank you very much again for tuning in today. All the very best.